Well, good morning. Good to see everybody here, everybody in Alma, and those online. So the year was 1842, and there was a family, the last name is Fox, and they had 12 children. So what do you do to entertain 12 kids all at the same time? Mr. Fox had a brilliant idea, and he decided he would build something that the children could play in, but not only play in, but possibly get lost in so that he wouldn't have to worry about them again. Look at what he did. He built this maze. Now, it is still standing today. It's called the Glendurgan Maze, and very few people have ever been able to find their way in and out without help. Okay, but can you imagine sending your 12 kids there and then having a nice day? (laughs) Well, you and I also live in a maze called life. And how often we find ourselves trapped somewhere in that maze. We just can't figure out how to get out of it. We are stuck. And this week, we're talking about that stuckness being a position. We have positioned ourselves and our own lives in ways that freeze us so that we're not able to continue moving. And yet, as we said last week, we are called the army of God. So we have a responsibility to advance, to move forward. And to do that, we have to learn how to become unstuck. Well, there's one among many stories in Scripture that I want to share with you today about a guy who is stuck. And for various reasons, it seems that it doesn't bother him that much. Look what Jesus says when he comes across him in John chapter 5, two verses to begin with, 5 and 6. He finds this man, one who was there, had been an invalid for 38 years. Where is there? It's the pool of Siloam. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, the pool of Siloam was mystical. It was superstition. No one knows for sure that what this guy said actually ever happened, but his story was that this pool was there, and when the angels would come and stir the pool, the first one in the pool would be healed. Now, we don't know if it ever actually happened or not, but that was the story behind it. And so for 38 years, he was there hoping to get into the pool. He was probably a beggar, so he would have had a cup with him. He had his mat upon which he stayed. We don't know if he lived at home and someone brought him to the pool every day, or if he actually lived right there like a homeless person. But that's where he was, and he was stuck. Now picture it in your minds for a minute. This this large pool, rock garden around it, the water is stirring, it's a a well-fed pool, and people are sitting around it. I I picture them kind of like, racing swimmers who are on the starting block. They're all on the edge of the pool just waiting. You know, when is it going to stir? And maybe some of them beat the gun and they fall in too soon. 
But apparently this guy never moved at all. He's a few feet away. He's restricted physically. He can't get there. Max Licato, a Christian author, said, this man made the pool his permanent mailing address. And see, that's what we do sometimes when we get stuck, is we make that in which we're stuck our permanent mailing address. That's how we identify ourselves. And we become ineffective in serving God in his kingdom. So here's the question. Are you stuck? My assumption is every single one of us, me included, in some area of our lives, we're stuck. And we need God's help. And you get stuck for a variety of reasons. You get stuck in a maze with no vision of deliverance. But you need to learn how to change in order to become unstuck. Let me tell you a change that had to take place in me because the culture was changing. In 1981, when I was in ministry in Livonia, Michigan, I wore a pastoral robe, a big black robe with the, all of the regalia and the hood that went behind it. thing was hotter than blazes. But I had to wear that all day on Sunday, even if I was walking around the church, pastors had to have their robes on. Well, in 1985, God allowed me to begin a new church with some other people, and they didn't require the robe. I thought, oh, this is a big change. You know, am I going to get struck down? You know, no, I'm wearing a three-piece suit. All right, three-piece suit, 19, about 1985, 1990. The suit comes off and a sport coat goes on with a tie. 1993, the tie comes on, the sport coat stays. 1997, the sport coat goes off, but a long sleeve and no tie. All right, 2000, no longer a long sleeve, now it's a short sleeve shirt. 2004, no longer is it a short sleeve shirt, now you can wear a shirt just like I have on today that's out. Fortunately, I still have enough money to buy jeans that don't have holes in them. <laughs> But you see, the, the culture's changing, and so as the culture's changing, the gospel which remains the same must be communicated in a way that does not distract from the culture. Without becoming like the culture, we are influencing that culture. And that's how God moved in me. That's where I did not get stuck. I'm not going to give you all the ones where I did get stuck. The question is, are you stuck? Well, let's look at Moses. Moses is stuck. He's a shepherd. He killed an Egyptian. He ran away. He's living in the wilderness. He's raising these sheep with his father-in-law, and he's been doing it for 40 years. He feels that his own people, who he was defending when he killed the Egyptian, have rejected him. And he knows the Egyptians have rejected him, and he's making an assumption that God has rejected him. So what a terrible place to be stuck, that no one loves you, no one cares about you, you're just going to keep doing this until you die. And God comes along, Moses, I have something I want you to do. What does Moses say? It's, it's really 
not smart at all. Moses says, well, you don't want me to do it. I can't talk. Who do you think gave you the gift of language, the ability to open your mouth and speak? God did. God can fix that. But as Pastor Stephen Furrick says from North Carolina, he says, when we get stuck, we get stupid. Okay, we make stupid decisions. Moses saying, I can't do it. God's saying, I can do it, and you are going to do it. So why don't you just release yourself to that reality? It was 2001. There was a revival going on at a little church north of Rochester, Michigan. I had been attending that revival. My wife had also. And it was very instrumental in our lives, that, that refreshment that comes when a move of the Spirit comes across the country and definitely in that church. So I'm waiting for her one evening. I'm at the church, and I get a phone call from her. And she says, I'm leaving right now. I'll be there soon. It was a heavy rain taking place outside. I said, that's fine. I have our seats. An hour went by, and she didn't show up. I'm just praying. And I'm, I'm worshiping. I know God's taking care of her, not to worry. She comes in, and she tells me the story. She said, you know where the creek comes through and it crosses the road? I said, yes. She said, well, it was a river. And she said, I thought I could make it through, but I didn't. And I said, what would you do? She said, I prayed, because she said the water was rising. And it was rising up near the windows of the car. She was in a flood. And she said, suddenly this man in a huge truck pulls up in front of her and says, don't worry, ma'am, I'll get you out. And he hooks a chain to her and he hauls her out. And he said, oh, your engine's probably gone, you know, so sorry about that, but at least your car won't stay in there. And he parked it over to the side somewhere. And she said, thank you so much. He said, yes, ma'am. He said, so where are you going? She said, well, I was going to this church where there's a revival taking place. He said, so am I. So not only does God deliver her out of being stuck, literally, but he goes the next step and delivers her where he wants her to be. What a testimony. See, when you and I are stuck in something and we think there's no way out, there is a way out. And the Lord has the answer for you. But when he delivers, he delivers beyond your expectation. And he will take you right where he needs you to be. But maybe you've been one of those who's been stuck and you've been asking for help, but you're asking in the wrong places. Here are the kinds of people you're running into. Mr. Sensitive. Oh, I'm sorry you're stuck. Mr. Reflective. Someone had to get stuck. Mr. Judgmental, only bad people get stuck. Mr. Analytical, how deep are you stuck? <laughs> Mr. Judgmental, you deserve to be stuck. And Mr. Optimistic, <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> I mean, how many people have come to you when you bring this problem to them and you say, this is where I am, and they're saying, well, I don't know what to do. Well... She was stuck, but God delivered her. Why? Because she turned to him in prayer. See, Jesus is the answer to getting you unstuck. God will help you get unstuck. Look what happens with our man back at the water. He answers Jesus' question. Jesus had said, do you want to be well? 
He says in verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else go down ahead of me. So what card is he playing now in the get stuck game? It's if only. If only the angel let me know he was coming to stir, I'd be ready. If only someone would help me down there, then I'd be ready and I'd make the changes necessary. If only they played my kind of music at the church. If only they believed the way that I do about that issue. If only they hadn't changed things. If only we had hit the lottery a few months ago. Remember that one? $747 million take home. I don't play the lottery. I've never played the lottery. But let me tell you what I did. I did take a little piece of paper and write down the numbers I would have played with. I didn't get a single one of them, none of them. And God convinced me again, you know. When you get stuck, you get stupid. Don't do that. Don't play that game. But we play the if-only game. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get unstuck? Because let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the only one who can unstick us. He's the one who came knowing we were sinners. The Bible says, yet though we were sinners, Christ came for us. He looked at us stuck in sin, and he said, I can deliver you. And he paid the price to do it, so that when I was deep in sin, he paid the price and I was delivered and I was unstuck from sin. And now I'm following him. And that's what he'll do for every one of you in here. If you follow Jesus Christ, he will unstick those sticky places in your life, especially the sin that binds you to the evil one. So you have to trust in him. God wants you to trust in him. And this is getting to the heart of the message today. When you start trusting in God, you really need to trust that he's going to make the changes in your life that need to be made. And you may not like the changes, but he'll make them. Because getting unstuck is not easy. If you had been here earlier this morning when we were in here making sure we had everything ready to go, you would have seen this blue lift that's to my left in the middle of these chairs, uh, just a little to my left, as we were trying to fix the projector that's broken. The problem was the batteries on the machine died. And it doesn't have a neutral. So you can't just push it out of the way. So it was stuck. I considered standing on it and preaching from it. <laughs> but then I realized it's an object lesson. So we had to charge it. We had to plug it into something that would help it work. The problem is it's a complicated machine. And to plug it in, for a half hour, it'll move two feet. So we got some muscle behind it. We got five or six really big guys, and one of them knew how to unlock a tire, and he unlocked the brake on the tire, and for the next 30 to 40 minutes, they'd push it two feet with the electronics, and then they'd push it by hand, by hand, by hand. Right before you came in the door, it made it that far. But do you see how 
how long and how hard and how many people were involved to move something that was stuck. And that's what happens in life. This church is not stuck. We're unstuck right now. And we're moving ahead. We're going in the direction that God wants us to go. Back to the pool. This man had positioned himself next to the pool. And he never knew whether it would work or not, but he was convinced that he was in the right place. For 38 years, he was a few feet from the pool. Now, if he lived somewhere else and they brought him every day, why would he not say, bring me closer to the water? That makes sense. And if not, and he actually lived there, it would seem that over 38 years, he could inch his way in that direction. So what is this saying about the man? You like being stuck. You appreciate the way you want it to be. And you're not open to change. That's why Jesus said, do you want me to make you well? I mean, really, do you really want me to make you well? Because if you do, I'll do it. But it seems to me that you have the wrong understanding. You don't get it. So many have been led into a wrong understanding of the church. And you know what I'm talking about. We've all been in those churches that focus on themselves. The great evangelist Louis Palau once said that when the church is reaching out, the Holy Spirit is coming down and endorsing that. When the church focuses inwardly, then the Holy Spirit lifts up and watches and said, let's see how you do. See, that's stuck. That's a church that's all about itself and not about others. But what's our mission? It's to lead people into a focused life with Jesus Christ. What people? Not just you and me who are here on a daily, weekly basis. We're talking about the people in the three counties where we're now serving. We're talking about people who don't go to church. That's what the church is for. It's for them. Now, we get the advantage of it because we come together and we worship God together and there's, there's power in our unity. But we have to be willing to make the changes necessary and to individually get unstuck and to corporately get unstuck. We have to change our focus. The man at the well was focused on himself and he actually liked being where he was. Years ago, my wife and I had the joy and the privilege of housing a homeless woman for six months in our home. At the end of that six months, God had done a lot of things for her. She had new dental work. She had a savings account through her Social Security. She had all sorts of things to her advantage. And you know what she said? I want to go back on the street. Because that's where she was most comfortable. Well, that didn't happen. She went somewhere else and God took care of her fine. But it showed me a mindset that is there that sometimes we are looking for something that we think is right that doesn't really exist. How many of you have come from other churches and other cities and other states and you're looking for the church you left because you loved it so much? 
The first thing I tell you is, it doesn't exist outside of that church. You'll never find the church you left. This is a different church. This is how God is moving in this process of time. Listen to this quote. Change is constant. Change is necessary. When God is the change agent, then whatever change he brings is going to glorify him and benefit his kingdom. So change is constant. It's necessary. When God brings it, whatever it is he brings is going to bring glory to him and to him alone. That's why we exist. It's his church. The church, you and me, we are the healing pool. We are where people come to receive the healing that they need. This man was stuck. He didn't want to be unstuck. But then he sees this last opportunity. He looks in the eyes of Jesus. And here's what Jesus says to him. Verse 8. Jesus said, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Another translation says, immediately he was healed. When you release those areas of your lives that are stuck in him, immediately you're healed. He just pulls that away from you in order for him to do his purpose. So, what do we need to do? Well, we need to get unstuck. That's the purpose God has for us. Jesus says, stand up and take your mat. Why did he do that? He doesn't want the man to re return to his helpless estate. As long as the man is near the pool, he's close to the temptation to continue being stuck. But if you remove the man and you change the circumstances, then he won't be stuck. If we get the stuckness out of our church, God's going to take this church in all three of the campuses and those yet to be, and he's going to advance his kingdom, elevate the gospel, and more and more people are going to come to know Jesus Christ. They're going to look in his face when he says, do you want me to make you well? That's what I'm looking for. To turn our focus from ourselves to Jesus. That's what this story is all about. Man at the well, quit looking at your circumstance. Quit looking at your situation. Quit looking at the pool. It's a false healer. Look at me. Look unto Jesus. Fulfill your vows unto him. Call upon him in your day of trouble. And you will be delivered. Because God has made that promise. He wants us to get off our mats. Why? He had him pick up the mat so that now he was carrying the circumstances. He wasn't bound by them. So once God delivers you, you are going to be totally delivered. God was willing to help, and his power and his authority and his mercy were laid right there. They're free. They're here for us. Why don't we use them more? Why don't we cry out to God more? And watch God work. Immediately the man was made whole. No hesitation. The man's circumstances changed. He didn't leave the mat behind because it was no longer part of his circumstance. So we're going to be leaving some things behind that we build upon as we move ahead as a church. But we're going to be 
moving others out of the way so that we can continue in the call that God has given us as his army. The circumstances you're in are real. No one should ever make light of them, whatever they may be, whether they're small or whether they're monumental. But Christ carries them. You who are burdened, heavy laden, meaning you who are carrying around a bunch of heavy stuff that's got you stuck, come unto me and I'll give you rest. You see, his burden is light. When he gives us his burden and takes our burden, we get the best end of the deal because he took our burden on the cross and he paid the price for it. We take the burden of what? Of joy, of the Holy Spirit, of the promise of eternal life. Well, I'll trade that off any day to have that, knowing that I stand here today under the power of God with the authority of God, and so do you. And there's nothing that can keep us from the victory as the army of God, but we have to be this unstuck army. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. God is calling us to a new way of being, a new way of seeing, a new way of worshiping, a new way of following his lead. It may not be easy for all of us because it will require change, but God changes us to make us more like his son. So every one of us in here today are being changed more and more into the glory of God. And he's challenging us. He's saying, I've put you in a position. You are my healing pool. And I want you now to take this healing power that my spirit gives you. And I want that power to be taken outside of this place into the marketplace, into the schools, into the politics, into everything. And you're the vehicles. You are his ambassadors to be able to take this message out, both in Alma and here and online and in St. John's. Because God has something great coming. I see a mighty wind coming. I see the power of God's Spirit beginning to move on Community Church. I feel His presence and His grace flowing. And it's flowing through you. And we have no idea what God's going to do with us. But as His army, we are ready. He has positioned us. The question is, do you believe it? Do you truly believe that God's going to do something different in your life. I want us to pray in just a moment, but after that, we're going to worship. We're really going to worship God because in the midst of that worship, God's going to release some of you from that which you are stuck in. Others, you keep fighting that stuckness and see if God won't move you out of it. Let's pray. Lord, Move in us. Move in your people. Move us away from false hope that the pool offered. 
and move us closer to Jesus. Let us bring change in Clinton County, in Gratiot County, in Isabella County. Lord, let us be so filled with your spirit that we all pick up our mats and we run to you. Show us the way, Lord Jesus, through this maze of life. And let us be the church moving to the sound of your voice. Change us, Lord, into the likeness of Jesus so that we'll lead others to him. We believe you, Lord. Unstick us and set us free. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.